The Rams season comes to an end. Why did the Rams lose to the Lions? How much blame did the refs get? Sean McVay, Stafford versus Goff, who outplayed, who we're going to break it all down and why you should feel as excited as ever about your Los Angeles Rams moving forward. That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley? And welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your Los Angeles Rams. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube. So if you haven't yet, join the party. Subscribe to the Locked On Rams YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button. And also, I want all your comments down below. What is your reaction to the Rams wild card weekend loss to the Lions. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade. SI 24-7 Sports, Dodgers Nation. Now the Rams for Locked On. And as always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio station. He just completed his eighth season covering your Los Angeles Rams, the people champ, Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him on X at Travis Rogers. And on today's show, we are unpacking what is going to be a lot to unpack in the Rams 24 to 23 loss to the refs. I mean, to the lions <laughs> in the wild card round, we're going to talk all about it. But first this episode of locked on Rams brought to you by game time down the game time app, create an account, use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Now let's get right into it. Travis, of course, it was a valiant effort by this Rams team. You had guys banged up all throughout the game. Puka and Kyron and Matthew Stafford. This team showed so much grit, so much metal, so much competitive fire. But unfortunately, it was a lot to overcome on the road. We'll talk about the officiating, but I think really it starts and ends with 0-3. Zero for three, you come up dry in the red zone. Those field goals need to be touchdowns to win on the road because you got to overcome it. You got Eminem and Barry Sanders and Big Sean, all that stuff. The NFL and Detroit, they wanted this so bad. Okay, I don't know what Eminem did. I don't know if he paid off the refs. I don't know if he threatened to make a diss track about the refs or something <laughs> like that, but a lot to overcome. You got to cash in. You got to score touchdowns in those situations. Yeah, I, I like how you said that, Doug. Like that that call on Puka at the end was probably a missed call. I, I'm not a big the refs goddess guy, especially after the Rams went to the Super Bowl because after a missed call a few years ago. So I'm not going to spend a ton of time complaining about that. It's a bad call. There's a lot of bad calls in every game. It, it was a bad call, and, and and I'll leave it right there. But I think you're exactly right. They lost this game because they kicked field goals instead of scored touchdowns. They were inside the red zone three times. They didn't score a single touchdown inside of it. They kicked three field goals. Now, Brett Maher made all of the field goals. Uh, some of them looked a little cleaner than others, but I, I think that that was the difference in the game. I, I think that the two things that I think are fair to be critical of Sean McVay about, and there are not many, I, I really do think it's as short as two things, are the two things that reared their head last night against Detroit. And, and I think that's why we're talking about the 2024 season as opposed to a, a matchup in the divisional round. 
and it's their inability to manage their timeout count effectively. That came back to get them. They used one early in the third. They used one very early in the fourth, and they only had one when you needed them at the end to stop the, the clock. And then the other part is the, the the decision to throw the ball in short fields. We saw first and six from the, our first and goal from the six-yard lines. They threw six times. They did not commit to that running game. I understand Detroit is a stout defensive running team, but I really do think it opened some things up. And look, you're going to take some bad with a whole bunch of good with Sean McVay, but I think the two things that people have criticized him for that are entirely fair are timeout management and short field play calling, and they both came back to get the Rams last night. And and here, here's one other thing I want to throw in there. The Lions are really good. The, the, the Lions are a good team that played very well. Nobody turned the ball over. It came down to a play or two here or there, and the Lions made just a play or two more than the Rams did last night. Absolutely. I think there's, like you always like to say, a lot of things can be true in this one. I mean, you look at the Detroit Lions early on. One of the big reasons why they won this game is they came out that offensive line. They were doing work to start this yeah. game on the ground. The Rams defense, they had no answers and they put up those two touchdowns and it was a 14 to three game at one point. It looked like they were going to go out sad like the Cowboys did yesterday and get smoked. Right. But that was not the case. The Rams, they battled back and you mentioned Sean McVay. And look, let's be honest, as much as I love Sean McVay, name a better duo, Sean McVay and timeout mismanagement. And you consider the end of that game, how it unfolded. And you look, talk about those red zone plays there too. I mean, all the passes, right? You have Kyron Williams. He has been your best red zone weapon all season long. Yep. He was banged up during stretches in this one. Ronnie Rivers, even Royce Freeman was in the game at one point. But you look at... The first down, we got first and six. They had called the personal foul for pulling a player off the pile. You yeah. don't see that very often, right? First and goal from the six, first play, a fade to Cooper Cup, right? And then second play, Stafford, he slips on the back and then use a non-competitive throw in the back of the end zone. And then third and goal, the Lions bring pressure and it gets deflected, almost gets intercepted. So yeah. one of my big issues was not only just the passes in those situations when we should have seen more runs, it was just the high degree of difficulty, low probability fade routes to a Cooper Cup who was not the best player for the Rams yesterday, right? Puka Nakua no, he was. was he was far and away their best player on the field. And that was sort of my issue in that situation, was just the play calling down the red zone. And I think you got to be aggressive knowing that, look, what, what were we talking about, Travis, on the entire week? It was the house money game. Yep. They weren't playing like it was house money, and they weren't calling plays like they were playing with house money, right? I think no, they had they to be weren't. a little more aggressive and take some more shots and be a little more creative in those situations. And, and, and look, I, I know we're kind of jumping around here a little bit, but I think that that, that I, what do you want to call it? It's conservatism, perhaps, ultimately was the worst decision of the night, and that was the decision to punt the ball away towards the end of the fourth quarter rather than make a different play call on third down or even if you make the same play call on fourth down, I do think you need to go for it right there because you're giving them the ball back in roughly the same part of the field. Anyway, I thought that was a mistake, but you're right. And there's a lot of things that were deeply frustrating about what happened last night, their inability to get any sort of stop at all on those first three drives. The lions opened the game with three consecutive 75 yard touchdown drives. And it looked like they were going to score a hundred points. It, it felt like that game on Monday night football a few years ago between the Rams and the chiefs and first one to 50 was going to win. And the Rams gave up three points in the second half. 
you know, there, there were third was it 21 to 17 in the first quarter, 34 points, only nine points in the second half. It, it was a tale of two different halves. The Rams just weren't able to get into the end zone. They kicked those field goals. It's it's deeply frustrating because it's a game that I think if you played 10 times, the Rams are going to win five of those, maybe six. I think that the Lions feel pretty good about their chances, too. They felt like a pretty evenly matched group. Jared Goff was really good when he had time, as we knew he would be. He was really bad when he didn't have time, as we knew he would be. But the Rams just couldn't make that one extra play, that one extra stop. Uh you know, the grand scheme of things, it, it's a great season for the Rams, but a very disappointing night last night because it doesn't feel like the Rams didn't have a chance to win that game. They had a few chances to win it. They just couldn't get it done. For long stretches, they were the better team. You look at yards per play, if you look at Matthew Stafford's play, but I love what you point out because I was just about to bring that up. We can talk about the Puka Nakua non-PI call, and we will in a second here, but it was the call on third down where you're just – trying to go and get it all back and trying to go for that first down, knowing that you're probably going to punt that situation. I would like to see a better play, a little shallow cross or something towards the sideline to bring up maybe a fourth and five where it's an obvious fourth down situation. What would Dan Campbell have done that situation, right? He's someone that you're going for fourth down because here's the thing. As great as that defense played in the second half, the adjustments by Raheem Morris, they are fantastic. We saw more blitzes up the middle. The everyday listeners know we talked about, did a Saturday show. We're talking about how important it was to blitz Ernest Jones up the middle. Saw them widen that defense out there. As great as they played, they put the game in the hands of their worst unit, not in their best unit, right? And that is where you want to try to win the game with Matthew Stafford, with Puka Nakua, with Cooper Cup. You had an opportunity with all the pressure. The tension in that stadium was at a fever pitch at that point. The pressure was on the Lions, and you knew you weren't going to get the ball back most likely, and that's exactly what happened, and they did it. So that's where it makes me sick knowing that you didn't have that opportunity. And look, also, you can go back to the first half right there. You get the ball back with under a minute, and the three timeouts, you have the penalty on Tomlinson, which takes you into the five. You really didn't do much there. They just weren't playing with the house money mentality that I think they really should have. Yeah, there's a couple of things there that I, I really like, D-Mac. We can talk about these as we move through the pod. I, I, I agree with you. I thought that the decision to put the game in the hands of your defense rather than your offense was surprising. Uh, the Rams defense had been pretty good in the second half. I get that. But if you said to me, you got one chance to win this game, whose hands do you want the ball to be in? I wanted the ball in Matthew Stafford's hands. And and I thought on that third and 14 play, the, the Puka play that was not called for interference, uh, a different play. If, if you're going to take the whole shot there, then let's run it again on fourth down. I, I really don't think that there's a huge difference right there. Or if you're so worried about your kicker not being able to make a kick from that distance, try to get half of it back. Try to get yourself into a fourth and five, a fourth and seven, whatever it is. And now it opens up your playbook a little bit more right there. I thought that the decision to try to get all of it or punt didn't make any sense to me at all. Like you said, if I'm going down, I'm going down with the number nine. He was fan fantastic all night long just as good as you're going to see him it's the first time in his Rams career he's lost a game where he threw for more than 300 yards and no interceptions uh it it was it was a tough one for all the obvious reasons but yeah I I think that final sequence is going to be the one that Sean McVay thinks about a day from now a week from now a month from now because it just didn't feel like he was as aggressive as he should have been because they were firing on offense the offense was working and to decide the to have the defense decide the game was a surprise to me 
Totally agree. And we always have so much to unpack on this. And we'll talk about the officiating. We'll talk about Goff versus Stafford. We have so much to get into here on Locked on Rams. All right, so you need tickets to the game and you haven't gotten around to doing it yet. You're thinking, uh-oh, I'm not going to be able to pull this off. Yeah, you can. Put the Game Time app on your phone and you are good to go. You do not need to worry about when you're going to buy your tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And there are killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and the best, best price guaranteed. Game Time takes all of the guesswork out of buying tickets. Put that Game Time app on your phone, and wherever you want to go see in your neighborhood, they've got you covered. Last-minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. And, of course, you can see your seat before you buy. It's all in pricing, so you don't get hit with all those fees right at the end and, like, that whoa moment. That's not what I was. Not at Game Time. Take the guesswork out of buying your tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use the code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create that account. Redeem the code Locked On L O C K E D O N for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And I know we come to talk about football and sports to escape some of the crazy realities of real life, but let's talk just a minute about preparing for real life. According. To the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of one of the worst flu seasons in over a decade. Obviously, that's very scary. I can't imagine uh, a more helpless feeling than having somebody that you care about, somebody that you love, a wife, a child, a brother, a mother, getting sick while a supply chain issue kept them from getting a life-saving medication that they need. So thankfully, we're going to be all right with Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. It's stuff that can happen to any of us. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It has never been more important to be prepared than it is today. Go to jacemedical.com. Use the code Locked On to get $20 off your first order. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And a special, special shout out to our everyday listeners watching and listening all season long. We've been on this journey together. It's been a fantastic year having you guys here. And there's a great season. We can't thank you enough. And if you're not an everyday listener, you definitely should because it's going to be a really interesting, fascinating offseason. You got the cap space. You got the first round pick back. So much to talk about this offseason for you, Los Angeles Rams. So add some more episodes. If you're not, be sure to subscribe to the channel. And like I said, it's free. Membership is 100% free, and you'll never miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. Now, and tell here, everyone you know. Everyone tell, you know. Tell everyone you know. Even if they don't even <laughs> like football. I mean, go grab their phone. Go to the podcast. <laughs> find it. Subscribe. Set it to automatic downloads. I mean, look, there's ways you can help out the <laughs> channel, guys. Just like, let us know. But here in our second segment, Travis, we're going to continue to break this one down. And look. Yes, I'm not going to be the blame the refs guy, right? I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be the refs guy. Blame the refs guy. But I just want to point yeah. out that 
they were swallowing the whistles in the second half. And yes, there's no doubt about it that you can make the case. If you look at the Puka Nakua play there on third and 14, he was grabbing his jersey. It didn't allow him to high point that ball and elevate him. Yeah. Even if it's the case that maybe it's a hit on a defenseless receiver when he's down on the pile, right? For me, if I have the choice of to give me the ref swallowing the whistle and let the players go out there and win it. I'm for that all day, every day, but it was definitely a call that would have put the Rams inside the 30 with an opportunity to kick, to take the lead. And then it's on Jared Goff and that Detroit lions offense to go and win it. And you're feeling pretty good about the Rams defense at that point. It, it was a bad call. It, it, it was, I, I agree with everything you said, but what are you going to do? It this you can't review everything. We've already seen the review process in in the NFL be a complete you know what. Um, it it was a bad call. You're right. If they make that call, I, I truly believe the Rams win the game because they're on a short field. They're in a, a, a an area where it feels like Brett Maher at least has a better than good chance of making it. Never a sure thing, but I agree. But what are you going to do? They didn't call it, right? They, you you, you got to find a way to get it done even after they missed that call. Um, I understand the frustration. I share the frustration, but uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a pragmatist in these moments. It's like, what do you, they didn't call it. So what, what are you going to do? And, and screaming that they should have called it. Okay, fine. Well, you still got to run a fourth down play. And, and that's the part that I was more concerned about, that they didn't decide to run a fourth down play, that they didn't go for it again. I know that fourth and, and what would it be? 14 at that point is probably not something you're going to convert very often, but they'd hit some big plays. The Lions give up big plays. Uh, and if you really did think that you weren't going to use Brett Maher in that situation, then let's call a different third down play and try to get half of that back and open up that playbook a little bit. Bad call to be sure. It's one that'll stick with Rams fans for a while, but they had opportunities to win that game other than that call, and they missed them. They absolutely did. Look, let's be honest. There were bad calls on both sides. On both sides, bad calls, right? You had bad calls. You had the Ernest Jones offsides call that really could have gone on to uh, on Detroit. I mean, the the, the Rams yes. benefited from that, but it really could have gone against the Rams there, and that could have led to a Lions touchdown possibly before the half. So you benefited from that. But look, the reality is. You're going to get bad calls. I want to say this too. Look, I've been living with the guilt of the Nikel Roby penalty oh, for so many years, right? Yeah. We're cleansed. We've atoned for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny when I was doing the post game show last night, that came up that Nikel Roby Coleman hits Tommy Lee Lewis in the NFC championship game. And it quite frankly may have been the worst call in the history of the NFL. And certainly considering the moment, uh, but again, I'll go back to the Saints in that very same game. And this is what the Saints also threw an interception. The Saints also threw the ball when they shouldn't have earlier in the overtime. So there were some some plays that they would want to have back. I think the same was, was, is true with the Rams. They played well. They, they just didn't quite. I, I agree with what you said, that had they gotten the ball down there, it felt like the Lions were ready to give it up. It did not feel like Jared Goff had the Rams kick the field goal or score a touchdown, that he had it in him to drive that field. He did not look great in that second half. We saw a little bit of the bizarro Jared Goff come out, but, you know, what are you going to do? We can scream and yell. It, it, it's unfortunate. Um, it sucks. And they're home and the Lions aren't. And that's at the, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. I saw that Nikhil Roby Coleman gif all day yesterday, too, from Saints fans. They had yep. to come out of the woodwork. So they yep. could also look, you look at the end of the third quarter as well, when the Rams 
hit that field goal for their 20th point to make it 24 to 23 in that situation. What happened there? I mean, that could have been a roughing the passer call on Matthew Stafford. If that's Patrick Mahomes in that situation, if you just make eye contact with Patrick Mahomes, they're throwing a flag. But for some reason, Matthew Stafford can't buy a roughing the passer call, but kind of want to segue into that in that situation. Matthew Stafford versus Jared Goff, because you look at the way the two played, it was kind of about as what you would expect. I mean, Stafford clearly had the better arm, 367 yards, two touchdowns. Jared Goff was more the game manager, was playing within their system in the first half, was doing exactly what they wanted to do. You saw him do what he does best, complete throws over the middle. Second half, you saw them bring more pressure, and then he was a little flummoxed and wasn't able to make as many throws, but give him credit. He made the throws at the end of the game to move the chains and seal the deal and get those first downs. Jared Goff, with no pressure on him last night, was 22 out of 22 for 277 yards and a touchdown. Jared Goff, under pressure, was 0 for 5 and was sacked three times. That's the game, right? That That's that's as much the game as anything else. When Jared Goff threw that ball backwards when he was about to be sacked on that one play, that's when you knew it was like, here it comes. It, it was, but you got to push him over the edge. He walked you right to it, but he's not going to jump. You got to throw him off the cliff, and they didn't. They had him on the ropes a couple of different times. Give Jared Goff a ton of credit. They didn't turn the ball over. They came close once, but they didn't turn the ball over. They did a good job. He was very good. He didn't make the catastrophically big mistake along the way. As for Matthew Stafford, He was as good as you could ask him to be. The hit that you're talking about, I thought that was it. I thought that was a wrap. And, look, I'm not a neurologist, and and it's probably a good thing because I wouldn't have let him back on that field after seeing his eyes after he slammed his head on the ground the way that he did. That was incredibly scary. Um, He The chunk that came out of his hand when he slammed it on the Lions defensive player's helmet, that was, uh, you know, a big bloody mess along the way. And he just went out there and continued to be awesome that whatever the Rams are moving forward, they have the most important two things that you need in an NFL team. They have a high level, excellent head coach, and they have a high level, excellent quarterback who is still playing at the highest levels uh, of his career. He's as good as there is in the league. He, you know, you, to your point, DMAC, we're not going to talk about Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. We're not going to talk about Matthew Stafford like that. And, and I, I don't know why, but we just don't, or at least the league at large doesn't. But if you're drafting quarterbacks and you're paying attention, he's not lasting past the fourth or fifth pick. He's that good of a quarterback along the way. The Rams are lucky to have him. He was great last night. They just came up a little short. He was an absolute warrior. And I love how you brought that up. The fact that when he was on the turf, the look in his eyes, look, he was looking at like the pearly gates right there. I was yeah. absolutely mind blown. The fact that he was go able to not even miss a series, not even miss a snap. I was like, right. Carson Wentz, get that Rams hat off and get ready to start warming up. And the fact that he came back in the game, still <laughs> gave him a chance to win. Let's be honest. One of the biggest reasons, really the single biggest reasons why the Rams were in that game last night was thanks to Matthew Stafford. Oh, yeah. He throws. Unbelievable. And look, he missed that throw to Cooper Cup there in the third quarter of their first possession. But look, the reality is you had Puka Nakua, you had Matthew Stafford. Those are the two guys that every single play were bringing it. I think that maybe some play calling there towards the red zone would have helped him out and helped his cause a little bit. Look, Jared Goff, like I said, you got to give him credit, was making throws. But like you point out, you bring the pressure, he folds faster than Superman on laundry day, right? That's the recipe against him. Unfortunately, they weren't able to get that in the first half when they were able to put up those touchdowns. So really, that's the story of the game. Lions, they were able to punch in the end zone early. Rams weren't. 
adjustments in the second half. The Rams offense, when they were able to have success defensively, weren't able to score touchdowns and generate enough offense and score enough points. And really, that's where the game came down to. It hurts me the fact that that Puka Nakua, third and 14, that was the last play of the season, yeah. right? Last play of the game. And that's where it makes me sick because, look, the reality is if you reverse these quarterbacks and Matthew Stafford is in Detroit, they're probably up 21, right? They're blowing out the Rams with the way he was playing the first half. Yeah, he was great. And I'm glad you brought up those other guys, too, that the toughness that the Rams demonstrated in that game was was really impressive. Matthew Stafford, you know, probably the most obvious because all the cameras are on him all the time. Uh, I would imagine Kyron Williams is not feeling his best this morning either. He got knocked around a bunch. Puka took a couple of wicked shots along the way, and they've got that little triangle, right? They got the quarterback. They got the running back. They got the wide receiver moving forward. They're in great shape. Um, I, I'm incredibly proud of this Rams team. I thought they had a great season. I thought they played. I thought they played a good game last night, and that that game felt like it was on the tipping point of getting getting away from them early, and they kept matching scores. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned DMAC, the, the decision to kind of sit on the ball at the end of the first half. I like that because the way that it was going, uh, the last thing you want to do is give them an easy one right before the end of the first half. You could tell both the Rams and the Lions were more than happy to go into the locker room 21-17, but neither coach wanted to call a timeout. It's like, let's just let this time expire. Let's get in there. It was a great game and the Rams, you know, they, they didn't get a call that they needed. They didn't have a kicker that they could trust and a couple of decisions at the end that, I think maybe you'd want to do differently, but it's a one-point game. What are you going to do? It's a one-point game. Yeah, by the way, I mean, I did predict the Lions would score 24 points. The only problem is I had the Rams scoring 28. Jeez, right. I got people like that. But coming up in our final segment, we are going to tie a bow on this and tell you why you should be very excited about the future oh, yeah. of this Rams team. That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. All right, so the regular season is in the books, obviously, and we're almost done with the first week of the playoff season for the NFL, but there's still time to get in on all of the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, if you're a new customer, you get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you just place a $5 bet. You heard me right. That's $150 in bonus bets win or lose. The app is super easy to use. There are a million different ways that you can play like a live same game parlay. You can find bets in the new explore tab. You can make a parlay in the parlay hub. That's a great way to find popular parlays. And of course, you've got your totals. You've got your money lines. You've got your spreads. The Rams did cover last night if we're looking for a bright spot in what happened with the Rams. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel dot com slash locked on L O C K E D O N and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now we're going to continue to talk about this game tomorrow, but I want to change gears a little bit here and tell the Rams fans that are hurting today. By the way, I'm your shoulder to cry on. We'll get through this together. I'm sick too, but you should be very, very excited about the future of your Los Angeles Rams. Now, yesterday, should the Rams have won that game? They absolutely should have. They outplayed the Lions. And 
And just like when they should have beaten the Ravens and the Bengals and the Steelers this year, they should have won those games. You can blame it on play calling timeout mismanagement, the refs, but the reality here, Travis is this team is ahead of schedule and it's just a beautiful thing. When you consider you got those delicious cap space coming up, you got all that money you can spend on big time free agents. You bit the bullet on that dead cap money. You got your first first round pick since 2016. This team has a lot to feel good about and you've hit on all these rookies. So give me 10 new rookies with the way they're drafting recently. Give me the cap space. Give me Matthew Stafford cup and Aaron Donald back. And I feel really good about a run in 2024. Look, the, the here's the bad news, which is actually really good news. You're not sneaking up on anybody next year because you're going to be really good. good the, 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 this, this was one of these, hey, uh, are the Rams good? Are the Rams the team that nobody wants to play? Is Matthew Stafford having a sneaky, really awesome season? Is Wait a second. Is Kyron Williams that? Who's Puka Nakua? That ain't happening next year. You're coming into the season, and you will be one of the teams to beat in the NFC. I don't know who's going to come out of it. Maybe it's San Francisco. We know it won't be the Rams. We know it won't be Dallas and a handful of others. But the team to be the teams to beat next year will include the Rams. They, like you said, DMAC, they are flush with cash. They are flush with picks. They're young, which means they don't have to pay people. You don't have to pay Pua. You don't have to pay Avila. You don't have to pay uh, Byron Young. You don't have to pay Kobe Turner. You, you've got some flexibility. You've got some runway. And the Rams have been, you know, this is the first season really in the Sean McVay era where it wasn't about the now. It was about the kind of now, but what's coming up next. We're right back in the now window starting next year. So I would expect them to be aggressive in free agency. I would expect them to be aggressive in the trade market if that's where they want to go. The Rams will be a player in the NFC next year for all the reasons that we've talked about. And if this is how the Rams, air quote, rebuild or remodel, let's go. Because this is as quick as you could possibly. They had one bad season after winning a Super Bowl. And then five and 12 a year ago, they turn around, they win 10 games with a bunch of guys. Nobody knew at the beginning of the season. It is a very bright future for this group. And look, we'll, we'll be back at training camp before you know it. It was, it was a great, great season with a, unfortunately a disappointing ending. Putting these to perspective, you won 10 games and you made the playoffs. You played a playoff game. You got that extra game in a rebuild year where you expected right. to win six games. So, and you hit on all these rookies. I mean, we'll have so much time to talk about all this biggest takeaway though. Last night, Stafford hit, still has a ton left in the tank and you have a couple more runs with him, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And you have to take advantage of that real quick before you get out of here, Travis, I want to ask you though. Yeah. See a lot of people on social media, a lot of Rams fans saying I'm rooting for the Detroit lions and Jared Goff for the rest of the way. Now, before this game, I was saying to myself, yeah, I'm rooting for all root for Goff and this and that. Now, after the game, I'm going back to the real me. I'm going to be a hater. I'd be waking up real early in the morning to have extra time to be a hater. I'm not rooting for the Detroit lions the rest of the way. I don't know where you stand on that though. I, look, once my team is out, I don't really care, right? Like, I, I, I want exciting games, right? When the Dodgers get knocked out, I don't care who goes after that. I just want a close game. Same thing with the Rams. Once they're out, whether, you know, if it turns out to be the Niners, I guess that's the worst possible outcome because, you know, blank the Niners. But the rest of it, I don't know. I, I Sure, Jared Goff. Jared Goff loses next week to Tampa or Philly or whoever they end up playing. I don't care about that either. I, the, the Rams are out. That's where my emotional attachment ends. Um, Jared Goff's a good quarterback for the Rams. I'm pleased that he got a little, you know, measure of, 
you know, revenge, if you want to call it that, last night. He, he did a good job, uh, but damn, they had him on the ropes a couple of times and a play or two more, and I think we're having a very different conversation. But, you know, what are you going to do? What are you yeah, gonna the 49ers are in really good shape. So, you're, in other words, you're saying root for Meteor. I get it. No, it totally makes sense. But, <laughs> no, but yeah, for sure. I got my Texans, man. CJ Stroud and the gang. But uh, that's good over this episode of Locked on Rams. Like I said, still a lot to unpack. We'll talk about this game tomorrow, but that is going to do it here. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And as always, you can follow the People's Champ, Mr. Travis Rogers, wrapped up his eighth season covering your Los Angeles Rams. Follow him on X at Travis Rogers. And until next time, whose house? It's Locked on Rams house.